Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Amateurs Guild. Uh, we are jumping into, is it session five? Six? Session five? Or six? Six. I think six. My notebook says session three and I know I'm as cow. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait don't, don't say anything real quick. Hold on. Welcome to session five, everyone. Welcome to session six, everyone. I'll just take whichever one works. Yes. Uh, once I count it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or I'll just keep it off. Um, all right. So it's been a while. It's been a, a month and a half. Yeah, it's been a hot oh, second. And we are in interesting territory. That's for sure. So just as a, a recap, um, our uh, three original three main heroes uh, started off in the city of Rune, where you guys won this um, opportunity to meet the king, which quickly turned out to be a ploy. Somebody somehow, uh, you know, tricked people into getting uh, to this uh, room, which seems like where we are. It had nothing to do with the actual royal guards, but then we see these hooded figures descent, killing the dwarven princess um, and immediately throwing you guys into turmoil after killing them uh, with no living witnesses. Uh, you escaped uh, into uh, the, the city streets where you fled using a uh, rail car. Uh, going out into the residential district uh, where you were stalked by a couple of more hooded figures and then a third hooded figure uh, proved to be a helpful aid to you guys who later appeared to be Rago. Um, you guys all descended from the car, went to his uh, apartment where you guys regrouped for only a couple seconds before you were assaulted by, uh, what was Seabog's uh, uh, definition of it? Um, what was it? Big, big bad, bad magic. magic. Big bad, bad magic. magic. Um, being bombarded by big, mad, mad, big bad magic right after um, Lacey had discovered a couple of interesting books. Three interesting books. Uh, a red one, a green one, and a golden one. Shortly after that, you all made an escape to the streets where you realized that you were being tracked down and assaulted uh, by the um, Dwarven guard who was originally there to protect the princess and now seems to blame you for her death. Um, quickly thinking, you guys used some of the purple potions, not knowing where they were gonna take you, uh, to escape them just as the royal human guards were there trying to bring you to justice while the Dwarven knights were trying to um, bring you to your death. Uh, you guys appeared in this very strange cavernous area where you had to find your way out. Um, you know, this surprisingly empty fortress and, and headquarters of the Circle of Fire. Um, this uh, organization that seems to be somehow plotting against you and, and this old tiefling woman, Yara, that you are with. Um, and as you're finding your way out of there, without, uh, quickly stopped by an area where you found a bunch of potions. I think Lacey stole a ton of potions. Uh, you guys killed a couple of goblin alchemists and uh, Pale Scales lost his hand. Uh, shortly after that, you were greeted by a mysterious figure with a green aura of energy whose name was unknown to her or any of you guys. Um, and you deduced that she was probably somehow a captive of the Circle of Fire. Uh, not sure exactly what her purpose was yet. Um, so this person who we uh, pleasantly named uh, 
pretty lady, I believe, um, joined you guys. And that was Becca, who is now a actual uh, um, adventurer for the gang. So that's exciting. Um, jumped into uh, the mess with everybody. And then you, as you found this exit room, this portal-like structure, uh, you had to fight a um, basilisk, which proved to be not dangerous at first, then incredibly dangerous afterward. Uh, you were able to eventually kill him. Um, but just before he did, Seabog was petrified and now completely stoned. Um, not stoned, stoned. Uh, <laughs> not nearly as fun. <laughs> no. uh, you guys opened this portal that, again, no idea where it was going to lead you, jumped in and just kind of crossed your fingers that it would be anywhere better than where you were. You need to stop giving us teleportation options. Just totally random exit we're just strategies. Going. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where we are now. You guys jumped into this portal, uh, Rago and I think Pale Scales helping drag Seabog over the lip of the portal as well. Um, and you guys started falling and your vision, uh, your vision, your vision blurred. Uh, and slowly you just kind of felt from this, this cold, damp feeling being in this cavernous area to kind of a much warmer feeling. Um, seconds later, uh, you guys still feel this kind of falling sensation and this warmer, pleasant kind of transportation-like feeling starts to evaporate and it starts to feel just cold and windy as you realize you guys are plummeting from a very high altitude into this forest region. Uh, everyone give me a perception check. Besides, Besides me. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. <laughs> it's starting off strong, y'all. She sees six. Everything. 19 minus 2, so a 17. Oh, uh, what about. Um, um, why can't I think of his name? Ray Ray just said his name. Ray Thank you. Yeah. I always forget. Rago okay. needs a C6. He got a 6 as well. So, okay. 12. so 12, 19, 6, and Rago got a 6 as well. 17. Oh, sorry, 17. Oh, you guys are negative. negative. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> gotta have it, gotta cool. have it. Yeah. Appreciate your honesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gotta be in there. You know? It's actually uh, a plus 10. So as you guys are falling, um, PL, which your na real name will not be revealed quite yet, Becca. Um, so PL for short. Um, Lacey, Seabog doesn't know what the hell's going on. Uh, and Rago all kind of come to their senses and just feel this crazy sensation of falling. Uh, and panic. All you guys can see as you're kind of like blinking, trying to figure out what the hell is happening, uh, is this very forest region and the fact that you guys are falling like 50 meters or so. So decently high height. Um, you kind of look around, you see, you know, uh, um, some uh, river down below you, you see forests all around you, um, mountains in the very far distance, uh, but that's really all you can take in. Pale scales, as you're falling, you look around and you see uh, not only these other things, but you kind of start to steady yourself as you're falling. You, you get a good uh, glimpse and you see this very, very uh, wide river directly below you. Um, and based off of just your intuition, you can tell that this is a pretty deep river. Just based off the width of it, it's going to be pretty deep. Um, chances are you're probably going to be okay landing into it. You also notice uh, very faint smoke clouds about maybe three days walk in the distance coming from the west. 
Uh, and that's all you see. Uh, as you guys keep falling, uh, you start to approach the water faster and faster and faster. Realize there's not a lot you can do in this moment. It's all happening very fast. And you plummet right into the water. You're completely fine. As you kind of sink into the middle of the, the water or so, you start to come back up, uh, um, emerging from, from this, uh, this, these rapids that are uh, uh, kind of starting to take you away in the drift. Uh, and the only thing that, the only person who didn't come back up is Seabog, who <laughs> drops in and, like a rock, sinks to the very bottom. <laughs> At least I don't need to breathe. So. <laughs> very true. <laughs> uh, so you guys are in this river. Uh, you have a, um, a bank on the left side as you guys are going. And if you're going straight, as this current is taking you, to the left side, there's a bank that you could try to swim to uh, if you'd like to. What would you guys like to do? Not too strong. Yeah. <laughs> what would everybody besides you like to do? <laughs> I will attempt to swim to the bank. Same. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll do the same. Cool. Everyone, Rago's going to do the exact same. Uh, everyone give me an athletics. It's not going to be that difficult. That's your good rule. Yep. Nat 20. Nice. Dang. Well, I got a mat one. That's pretty fitting. <laughs> it's very appropriate. That's pretty, that's pretty fitting. Uh, okay, so... I got 10. Okay, uh, you're still past. Uh, you guys are able to slowly make your way there. Uh, Pale Scale is just somehow just very uh, on top of it today. It's able to just start booking it straight to the uh, bank. Uh, I'm going to say Rago with his uh, 17, or probably an 18, I think, with his uh, modifier, uh, is able to kind of grab Yara, bring you guys afloat. You guys drag yourselves onto this bank, coughing, you know, covered in water, just drenched, uh, your clothes soaked. Um, you guys uh, uh, take a moment to just kind of uh, ready yourselves and just kind of re- kind of get a, an idea of your surroundings. Uh, and you see over, um, right on the, sa- the same side of the river as you are, right over to the right, into this kind of uh, woods where it gets a little bit thicker, you see um, a couple of tents and maybe like a log cabin, and you also smell um, like this, like smell of like cooking meats. Um, as you guys, uh, you know, just kind of get out of the river, uh, go ahead and give a perception check, and then I'm gonna have you do another roll in a second. Twelve. I got a twenty, but not that. Okay. Eleven. I always forget about Rago. Okay. Um, PL, you look over to the side, uh, and you kind of smell this, and, and you notice, too, first of all, with your perception, uh, and everyone else kind of notices this, too, um, PL no longer has this green aura around her. Um, she's kind of taken on a, a little bit of a different, um, uh, uh, shape, and almost seems to be, like, kind of like a different species, even. Same height and everything. Um, same basic features, uh, but this green aura has kind of died down. And then, um, Becca, if you want to describe your character now. Yeah, so, um, it looks fair. she, she looks fairly similar to, um, what she did when she was, um, found in that little dungeon. But she's got pale green skin, black eyes, white hair, um... She's of the same build. She's age 25. Um, would this be a good place for me to explain backstory as well? Not yet. Okay. Just so, and as you're kind of getting out of the water, you're 
just kind of coming to realization you have uh, really not been in the real world for a while now. Um, you're also kind of getting a grip and starting to feel like yourself mm -hmm. before being captured by the Circle of Fire. Okay. But you still do not remember your backstory yet. Um, so you get out there, um, and the only thing that you can start to remember is this kind of semblance of a name, address or madras or something along those lines, um, and then slowly kind of comes to you, uh, as you are slowly rebuilding, um, your memory of your past. But right now, all you can remember is, you know, just barely starting to get a grip of remembering your name, as well as, um you know, the fact that you were a captive of the Circle of Fire, mm -hmm. but your actual, the rest of your backstory is still kind of a mystery to you. Um, with that, you look over to this settlement uh, and the smell of, of like this cooking that's going on, and you see uh, tieflings walking around this area, and they seem to be dressed in really commoner clothing. Um, this little settlement just seems to be this really kind of tucked away, hidden uh, in the woods um, group of like 50, maybe 100 tieflings uh, just kind of walking around minding their own business. Um, Rago notices this as well and just kind of looks a little curious and just says, I think we stumbled upon a hidden tiefling settlement in the woods. Uh, everyone give me a history check. Thirteen. <laughs> Five. Okay. Nine. Because I have to roll for a yard too. Yeah, yard. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, so you rolled a nat one. I rolled a nat one. <laughs> so that's not a five. That's a nat. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Your history knowledge is really right, bad right at now. this point. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Rago just kind of thinks about it. Yara stares at, at it too, realizing that this is her people, um, but unfamiliar with where exactly they come from or um, you know, what group of tieflings they might belong to or, or family or whatever. Um, Rago just kind of sits there, nods and, and looks back over to you guys and says, during the Forever War, there were many tieflings who were not a part of the Empire's forces and who actually fled the um, the northern part of Angia, where the tieflings reside, uh, to get away from their conquest. Um, the Emperor was, you know, cruel to his enemies as well as his own people, and there were many people who fled. He says, I've heard of settlements that popped up after the Forever Wars, tieflings who wanted to be away from their homeland, but also realized that they didn't quite fit in to this new world post-war. Um, and so this must be one of these settlements that kind of took up refuge in the woods, trying to stay out of anyone's hair, but out of their um, their old homeland's reaches as well. Uh, he kind of like looks over back at them, looks back and says, I'd be very surprised if they were combative. You know, they tend, tieflings tend to survive outside of their homelands by being non-confrontational and, and hidden. Um, so he kind of uh, looks back over there, looks to you and says, um, well, with Seabog uh, in the river, might might be a decent guest to see if maybe they can, uh, maybe they can assist us unless you guys want to, you know, keep moving on and just not pay them any mind. 
I thought he was gonna say keep moving on, just leave some <laughs> 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 He does not. He's like, well, yeah, I guess we would have to find some other way. So maybe well, <laughs> maybe I, the city or the settlement is the best bet. I fixed Turtle Man. Uh, he says, okay, well, that's good. Can we get him out, though? I don't know. I think our strong, uh, the best person to get Seabog out would have been Seabog. <laughs> <laughs> I have this many hands. <laughs> so I probably cannot swim and pull at the same time. How did you get out of the river? <laughs> I, I it must have made you that. more aerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still got legs. Hydro he still has legs. Yeah. 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 My tail. You're dead. Yeah, yeah the, the tail. tail. The tail really Do you have a tail? Dragonborns don't actually have tails canonically. I think we said you we were. Oh, I have a tail. You have a tail. I have a tail. You have a tail. Straight up. Cool. I don't have a tail. Cool. I just. You're just losing appendages. That's real strong. That's my strength. The strength is good. Lacey's. We're gonna look over at Yara and go. Do you think they're friends? She looks over to you and says, "Well, they certainly don't seem to be the people who are trying to hurt us. Um, honestly, it's tough to trust anyone right now. But I would, you know, I'd bet my life right now on, on my own people. I think they're the least likely to try and hunt me down. Are you from a settlement like this?" She uh, shakes her head. She says, no, um, these settlements uh, are normally came from people who uh, abandoned during the war. My family went into hiding in our homeland. Mm. And uh, only after the war was over um, did I decide to try and explore um, the rest of the continent again, like when I was a little girl. Well, the way I see it is at the very minimum they'll have people that can help us pull a big stone turtle out of the river. Yara, why don't you lead the way and have us follow, since you probably know them better. She nods and kind of smiles and says, that would be nice to be of some asset for once. <laughs> I would agree. That would be very nice for you to do that. <laughs> she she kind of chuckles. Rako gives you a dirty look. Uh, and then she, um, uh, feeling confident for the first time since you've met her, starts to kind of lead the way and, and uh, you all, I imagine, follow suit, right? Mm -hmm. Cool, so you approach this uh, uh, the settlement as you get closer to the woods. Um, you realize it's a little bit bigger than what it looked like before, but it's still very, very small. It's almost like when you see a, um, like a medieval army setting up camp, right? You have these tents, uh, very small structures being kind of built uh, in a very temporary-like manner. Um, it almost looks like that was there, and then it just slowly grew into more of a permanent residence. So you still see a lot of these, like, tents and, um, you know, cobbled together uh, walls made of uh, logs and whatnot. Um, but then there are actually some log cabin structures and whatnot that kind of go as the city, or city, this, this small settlement kind of spreads out. So it definitely looks like it was initially intended to be this temporary outpost. Um, and then turned into more of a uh, place for people to actually live and call home. Um, as you approach, you see these tieflings kind of uh, walking around and such. Uh, Yara kind of walks in and, and um, you know, he just kind of fits right in. Just so you starts to walk through looking like a commoner, like most of these people do. It doesn't really seem like there's any kind of like army or forces that would actually uh, be able to defend this settlement. Uh, as you kind of walk in, Yara looks around and 
Uh, as the rest of the party starts to enter the settlement, you start to kind of feel the eyes sticking to you. Um, you know, very uh, different, not only um, non-tieflings, uh, which these this group in particular you can imagine are very much sticking to their own kind in this little area. Um, so not only are you guys strangers, but you're also just a very mixed match group of people to be <laughs> walking around together in a party. Um, and uh, as you guys walk by, you just see people like kind of turning their heads and whispering like, um, who are these people? Are these, um, you know, from these people from Rune? Are they from the Dwarven Kingdom? Like, what are these people doing here? It's such a remote area. Um, as you kind of walk more into the settle, uh, the, the, uh, the center of, of the settlement, uh, you happen upon um, this one figure who is this tall, like six foot two tiefling man, um, older, maybe in his 50s or so, but very sinewy, very kind of like muscled, um, not like big brawny, but just like a, like a veteran, basically. He looks like he's um, seen combat. The only person who looks like he could actually do damage to somebody if he needed to. Um, he's not quite wearing armor, but it's kind of like this, um, the leather fittings that go under armor. Um, and, uh, and he does have a sword by his side. Uh, as you guys get closer and Yara kind of um, looks around, uh, sees him, this figure who looks like to be kind of talking to other people, maybe a person of authority, um, starts to kind of walk over. Uh, he looks over, catches her, uh, her uh, gaze, and then looks over behind her, over her shoulder, and sees you guys walking in and looks very confused. Um, this uh, uh, tiefling man walks over to you guys um, and says, um, uh, I'm, I'm Captain uh, Rolis. What are you guys doing in our settlement? We normally don't have visitors, and I hope you can understand that I'm you know, a little bit caught off guard here. Uh, doesn't reach for his sword, but you can tell he's very much like, you know, seems like he's the person who's supposed to be protecting this town and not really sure what to think of you guys. At least he just goes to go, hi, we fell out of the sky. He just looks baffled and says, I'm sorry, what, you fell out of the sky? Yeah, we're fighting a basilisk and then we fell out of the sky. He looks at you, looks over to uh, Pale Scales and be like, I'm, I'm sorry, can you make sense of this? It's surprisingly accurate. <laughs> um, we were in one place fighting big basilisk. Basilisk is the word you used? They're, they look like me, but worse and gross and big. And okay. I'm qu quadrupedal, is that the word? Um, long story short, one of them petrified another member of our group who is also at the bottom of that nearby river, and we're looking for help pulling that petrified member of our group out of the river. And given that we have a tiefling in our party, she figured it'd be a good idea to maybe ask her own people for help. So if you want to maybe talk to Yara about it, Yara, he, me, scary dude with sword. <laughs> he uh, just looks even more confused and turns around and says, yes, maybe someone from my own kin can kind of explain this better. Looks over to Yara. Yara nods and says, I know it sounds quite strange. Um, this is what has been happening. We've had a very weird couple of days. Um, and right now, the most immediate thing is that our friend is trapped at the bottom of the river, petrified. So maybe not, it kind of looks over to you guys, maybe not an immediate worry, but something we need to get him out of. Um, and then uh, uh, he kind of uh, um, looks over at the rest of you and says, 
All right, all right. So you just you fell out of the sky after fighting a basilisk, and you fell into the river, and then you stumbled upon our settlement, and you need help getting somebody out of the river. Yeah. Spot on. He looks. He looks over uh, to like his like person who's holding a scroll must be some kind of aid or something. They just shrug like I don't know what the hell is happening. He looks back and says. All right, well, let's see this river, this person at the bottom of the river then. Uh, follows you guys over to the river. Um, he brings a couple of, uh, you know, younger um, uh, tiefling, uh, like, boys, I, I guess men, uh, with him who dive into the river, see that it, there's, in fact, a uh, a petrified uh, uh, turtle <laughs> uh, just <laughs> sitting at the bottom of the river. They come back up, nod, like, yeah, that's what's happening. Uh, and um, uh, Rallis says, uh, looks back at you guys and says, all right. Um, well, let's let's get your friend out of the river, and uh, and then maybe we can kind of piece together your story a little bit, and uh, and see maybe if we can uh, help you guys out. You don't seem to be uh, uh, aggressors, which we're normally on the lookout for. Um, but I hope you'll understand that we are usually keep to our we keep to ourselves, and uh, so I hope I didn't disrespect you at all. But it's very strange for us to have visitors here. Um, so they, you know, get, uh, um, some ropes together. Uh, some people go down, tie up the rope to Seabog, uh, come back out. And then a bunch of people get together and, and start to kind of pull him slowly out of, uh, the river. Um, and, uh, and are able to kind of get him out, uh, and start to carry him back into town. Um, so as you guys get back into town, um, Rawlis kind of looks at you guys and, and just kind of, uh, um, brings you over to this tent where there's a fire going by, helps you guys, like, you know, um, um, dry off and put some, um, um, uh, like, blankets and stuff over you. Um, uh, gets you guys some uh, uh, tea and uh, and sitting by this, like, fire with you. Um, you guys all take a seat, and he sits down, and he says, Okay, so tell me again how you got to... I understand you were fighting a basilisk. You fell after killing the basilisk, uh, and then you landed in this river. Tell me where you were before that. How up to date are you on, uh, current political affairs? Or cults. Either uh, or, take your pick. He says, cults, not very familiar. Current events, probably less familiar. Okay. We stay very isolated here. You ever hear of anything called the Circle of Fire? You see he kind of, his eyes widen a little bit and he kind of sits back um, and pensively just kind of looks off to the side and he says, yeah, I've heard of the Circle of Fire. Not a, not a group I think very fondly of. You think that they'd be capable of doing this? And I show him my burnt up hand. He looks at your hand and says, it's not normally the battle scars you'd see from fighting anybody from the Circle of Fire. I, they're definitely capable of such things, but it almost looks more like a chemical accident. We somehow ended up in one of their potion labs. And some of their potions do shit like this. And some of their potions teleport. And given the fact that we were surrounded by basilisks and one of our friends was already petrified... We drank one of the teleportation potions, not knowing where it would lead. And we ended up here. Yep. 
We jumped in a portal. Yeah. We jumped in oh, a yeah. portal. I'm, I'm misremembering. Mm. We drank the potion first, which got us into the it dungeon. Got us into the potion. And then, inventory. and then we killed the basilisk, yeah. and there were these like ceiling boob things that were falling, and it went into this big hole, and Egg. so we jumped in the hole. Eggs. 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 Ceiling boobs. He's basilisk just kind of piecing eggs. it together and said, um, "Basilisk eggs." Mm-hmm. Hence the petrified turtle person. Right. Now that he's like, he looks over at like Seabog's just sitting there propped against a log, <laughs> like still petrified. He's just like, well, uh, that makes sense. He definitely fought a basilisk. There's no, there's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and this guy saw the worst end of it. Um, he nods and says, "All right." Smile on my face. He says, um, "Well, listen. I mean, no, uh, you know, an enemy of the the Circle of Fire is basically a friend to us. You know, they are very much so." responsible for some of the worst atrocities that happened during the Forever War. And a lot of times people don't realize that the Tiefling Empire invaded the Tieflings before they invaded the rest of the country. And then he just starts kind of going off on like a tangent. His visor just kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting carried away. Um, he says, uh, looks back at you and says, there's some work I need to get to, but you guys are welcome here to rest um, we'll have our best, um, you know, medics and, and mages look at uh, your friend here and see if they can recover him. Um, and he looks over at you, Pale Scales, and says, and maybe do something about your stump there. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> helpful. <laughs> it stings a lot. Uh, he nods and says, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Um, it's like, all right, well, hey, make yourselves at home. Uh, you know, let my um, a- a- advisor, um, Romulus, uh, this guy standing right over to his left here, um, let him know if you have uh, any any concerns, anything that you're curious about. He'll help you find anything you need to in this town. Um, just let me handle some stuff, and I'll I'll, I'll talk to you guys tonight. Um, he kind of gets up and, and kind of goes back over to his tent. Uh, Romulus looks over. You guys says, "Hello, I'm Romulus. Um, if you uh, would like any guidance on where to go, uh, you can head over to." Um, the, uh, 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 the ale house, you can head over to, um, the blacksmith. We have a, um, uh, potions shop. We have a, uh, uh um, not much of a weaponsmith, but we have a, a, a veteran from the, the wars who came with, um, uh, Raulis, uh, when he fled the army and, and maybe could help you, um, you know, uh, better your equipment if you need. Um, but also here, and he kind of guides you over to this, um, this tent. And, uh, as you guys kind of, he opens up the door and kind of lets you guys in as you guys walk in. Um, it is this huge room, uh, this enchanted tent that, uh, is very much so much more spacious than, um, than it appears to be on the, uh, the outside. Um, looks to be like a one person tent when you walk in and ends up being kind of like someplace that could house like six people or so. He says... Please stay here. Um, again, we're not very used to having guests, so just bear with us. But, um, you know, again, if you need anything, just let me know and uh, uh, rest up a bit. You guys see, feel like you've seen, you know, better days. Uh, and yeah, Seabog's still just kind of over there. He says, I'll, I'll actually have some of my um, uh, companions take Seabog and, and, and heal him up if that's okay. Um, I don't know if you guys are uh, medics, but I think we have some... Um, uh, medicine uh, here that might be able to revive him. 
chisel me. <laughs> you don't want to do that. That's your flesh now. Man. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you want to oversee it? Make sure they don't fuck it up. He says, you're more than welcome to. I can fix him. He's like, okay. And he says, well, uh, we'll, we'll bring him into here. And then um, if you need any help whatsoever, uh, just just let me know. And, and we'll be able to, uh, um, to get you guys uh, everything figured out. Um, he nods again and, and just kind of timidly walks out. Looks like he's definitely just nervous being in front of people of his, not his own type. Uh, so he walks out and then shortly after some, um, um, younger tiefling folk, uh, drag his sea bug in, kind of rest him on a bed in the, uh, uh, the tent and then leave. Um, and you guys are now alone with just your party, Yara and Rago as well in the tent. All right. And then go fix my turtle boy. So I walk over and uh, Lacey pulls out her stickers and she gets a big band-aid with a big heart on it and she sticks it on his tummy and she casts Greater Restoration. Cool. Um, I don't think you need to roll anything, nope. right? It's it purely feels. I think that does cure. It's petrified, yep. yeah. okay, cool. I trust it. Oh, I made sure. <laughs> yeah. I made you got sure. a lot of time to reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. You had place a sticker on him, uh, uh, start to cast a Greater Restoration. Um, this kind of uh, grayish aura uh, surrounds Seabog, and as it uh, kind of encapsulates him, it starts to kind of turn more to like his. You're you're kind of greenish, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like this greenish, like uh, more like his flesh kind of color. Uh, and as that happens, you see these um, uh, these stony kind of scales turn back into his regular kind of scaly like skin. Um, is it scaly? I guess it is. Right, like. A, Turtles, kind of? They're reptiles. Not like dragon yeah, scales, yeah, but like, like reptilian scales. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it starts to kind they of. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> starts to kind of um, uh, turn back to normal, and then suddenly, Seabog, uh, you awake. Uh, I swing. <laughs> <laughs> you swing. Uh, go ahead and make, just give me a, a luck check. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was fighting. I got a seven, eight, because of my luck thing. Oh. And eight. Okay, I'm gonna say, uh, oh, I have you do a luck check. I'm gonna say you just, uh, Lacey, you're able to kind of get away and you just nick her just a tiny bit, like in the arm. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What's whoa, going on? Whoa. Where where am I? Where are we? Calm down. Calm down. Uh, okay. No more basilisks. I'm sorry. I, 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 Ray I'm spending, I'm spending a key point. <laughs> I'm spending a key point. Uh, what is it? Uh, you are. Hold on. Was like, calm down, calm down, calm down. You gained seven, uh, ten HP. That definitely negates the 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 hit that you took from Seabog. Hi, I missed you guys. Where? What's going on? Where are we? So we fell through the hole, and then we ended up in a river, and you were at the bottom of the river, and that then we met some nice dra- nice dragon people, and, and Yara talked to them, and then they got you out of the river, and now we're in a big tent. It looks bigger on the inside than it is the outside. I think that's a weird sci-fi reference. I don't know. And <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> some weird thing I read in a what book once. What is that? <laughs> What's sci-fi? It's like a... And it's weird. Anyway, um, and now we're here. And you're fine now. I fixed you. Pretty much what happened. <laughs> Again, our, our, our recanting of our stories is is a plus today. He looks over to uh, PL and he says, um, you look different. Oh shit, you're still here. <laughs> you're so quiet. What the fuck? I forgot about her. He says, you, 
you definitely look different. You don't have this green aura around you anymore. Are you okay? No. Feel bad. I think I'm okay. Okay. Jeez. Still pretty. You too. Uh, he uh, he he nods and says, "All right, well, you're definitely not in the worst shape out of all of us." Kind of looks back at Pale Scales with his stubby arm. Yeah. Future favors the bowl. Is that? Same? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you, you definitely heard me say the right thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rago looks over to Yara and just says, um, "You know, uh, we're with your people now. How does you know? Does this feel like you know, like a safe environment, or you know, they seem to be trustworthy folk?" Yara, what what, what do you think about this? She nods and just says. I think that the tieflings who are avoiding war are the safest group to be around, maybe out of all the races. You know, the tieflings have seen a lot of bloodshed, uh, a lot of loss, albeit, you know, our own fault. But, um, you know, the, the sane ones are the ones who want to make that stop as much as possible. And so Rago nods. Um, he just kind of looks back at you guys and says, well, we can maybe have a guard duty. Uh, each one person stays up if we're not 100% feeling safe and just make sure we rest up while we have access to this tent here. About what time is it? It is, that's a great question. You. It's probably like early evening. Okay. So not gearing ready to get bed, go to bed yet, but right. day's one. Didn't the guy said he was going to talk to us later? Uh, Rego uh, nods, says yes. He says, um, but we probably have a good few hours before that. We might be able to at least take a, a, you know, a short rest. I'll take first shift. And I walk up and I just sit in the corner of the tent facing the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> he nods. I actually thought you were saying I'll take first shift as in sleeping. No. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's so, uh, so, so generous of you. So yeah. bold. <laughs> I'll sleep first. <laughs> uh, Rago nods. Says, That's probably a good idea. He's like, I'll, I'll also sleep if uh, we feel comfortable. And yeah, we can have one guard or two guards, but we'll take turns. Um, I'll stay up too. Okay, he nods. Um, so he goes to bed. Uh, PL. Stay up. Go to sleep. PL just kind of stands where she is. Okay. Figuring it sleep. out. Yeah, piecing it together. Yeah. <laughs> Figures it out. Yeah. Everyone else lies down, and then she decides to lay down next to them, but there's no chance she's going to sleep. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, you, um, so some of you go to sleep. Uh, some of you stay on guard duty. Um, I'm going to say after like an hour, you kind of flip, uh, and that way, you know, you all uh, are able to get a rest. I'll say even though for lore, <laughs> you're not, you know, getting a rest, you, you sure actually are getting, yes, exactly. Yeah. You're still getting a, you're getting a full rest in terms of recovery. Short rest um, or long rest? Short rest for now. Short rest. Um, you might get spell stuff back. Yeah, some, 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 some people so we get heal a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can spend your hit die. Yes, you have a certain amount of hit die that you I can do every long rest. And so on a short rest, you can choose yeah, how many you want to yeah. use. Mm, so I, they refresh on a long rest? Yes. And I can decide how many hit points I'd like to try to regain based on the dice I use during a short rest. Right, so you could use one, you could use all of them, whatever you want to do. Okay. Uh, 
We don't add anything to the hit die, which right? It's just our normal hit die roll. I think it's just the normal hit That's die. That's why it's roll. Yeah. plus two. So I can get up to f- up to three of my spell slot back. Four hit points. This one. And two of these. Um, I think I could keep points back in the shoulders. Oh, no, I, I had, I spent some during the fight, so. I just wanted to see your face during the You're sci-fi. so, <laughs> oh, And the spell slots don't refresh, do they? Um, so, um some, some people depends. do. Like, like, druids, I got half of my spell slots back. Okay. I don't Round think I get any of my so back I until I long rest. Hmm. Short While rest. I'm up Hell for the hour, yeah. can I look through one of the books that I got? Yeah, you totally can. Fuck yeah, rest. okay. So it was red, blue, and gold, right? <laughs> so you had, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, you had a. Where did I write it down? Where did I write it down? I don't remember where I wrote it. Ah, okay. So you had three books. Mm-hmm. You had a red book, which was titled um, The History of Rune. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a, a green book, um, which just is titled Gods of the Realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a golden book, which was titled um, Artificers, uh, Architects, and Machinery um, of Angia. She's going to look through the green book. Cool. Is there anything I find? Yeah, go ahead and give me, I guess, an investigation check. Because you're kind of like, if you remember, when you first had that inclination, you had this feeling like you were forgetting something. Oh. <laughs> Just going to ignore that at one. <laughs> so so you got a um, uh, this inclination when you were in Rago's apartment um, that uh, you were forgetting something. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because you'd never been in there before, mm-hmm. but you just felt really kind of strange. And these three books that kind of fell out of the bookcase just felt like there was something about them that you needed to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were quickly interrupted. With well, that one, with big you open the book uh, and you see just an you know encyclopedia of all of these different gods, gods that you know, your own god, you know, all, all of these different ones. So Silifer's in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead it's of- It's this deep yeah. anthology of, of gods, yeah. So instead of looking through the books, I'm just gonna flip to Silifer and I'm just gonna bother Seabog for an hour. Seabog was just so bad that he was so stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just stay here, sure, I'm stoned. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, on their, um, their Obviously, everyone had like an hour off. Everyone had, and also an hour just kind of being on guard. Does anybody else want to do anything in this hour? Um, you're being bothered. Are you awake with us, or did you decide to go to sleep? Who pale scales? Or no, PL? I'm sorry, PL. Oh, me? Yeah, I cannot sleep. You cannot. I cannot sleep. sleep. I took those shifts that happened after you guys chose to go to sleep because I did not sleep a wink while I was supposed to be. Okay, so, so you. Up. So. I'm kind of useless, though, other than to try to remember who I am and what's the point of me being here. Well, yeah. So, what. Do you remember things now that you're changed? It's going to slowly come back to you. Do you remember anything? Who you are? Right now, you remember your name. Well, that's a big thing. 
I think I remember my name. My name is Madras. And then asleep. Do you remember what you can do? I think you're asleep, yeah. She sees something like me. So, I didn't sleep at all. I remember my name. My name is Madras Morgren. Okay. That's all I can tell you right now. That's all you know? Rago nods and he says, um, when the Circle of Fire would capture people and try and use them against their enemies, um, mostly during the Forever War, uh, they took over their, um, their minds first to convince them to join the order and then were able to uh, take over their bodies. Um, now that your body is released for whatever reason, which we don't know yet why, um, I think your memories are going to imagine would come back to you, um, especially, you know, uh, as you rest. And he says, it might be really hard, but rest might be the best thing to kind of get you back to feeling like yourself. I can try again. Can't make promises. He nods. He says, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a wild couple of days. Um, he looks over at Yara. Yara's like, I- I'm, I'm just trying to stay alive, honestly. <laughs> uh, Rego kind of laughs, says, yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, so uh, as you guys are kind of sitting here chatting a little bit, kind of getting your bearings and, and recapping what's been going on, um, anything else you guys want to do in this time? Am I still asleep? You, you took like an hour asleep and then Oh, you I've been awake, awake for this conversation? Yeah, Got yeah. Got you. Oh, I thought I was asleep this whole time. Um, you guys were kind of intermittently on and off, but it's it. not really important. Got it. Potion shop open? Um, it it might be. You probably have, you have to leave the tent for that. But I'm saying yeah. this is kind of between when some of you guys are on guard and some oh, of you guys are resting. Oh, got gotcha, you, got gotcha, gotcha. This is just like yeah, basically Free during time. the rest when you're taking turns. Yeah, yeah resting. So. I don't think. Do you guys have anything? No, no, no I don't think we're going. Cool. All right. I'm so a couple hours pass, um, and then you uh, um, hear like a, a, a figure kind of approach the tent. It kind of goes, <clears throat> uh, "Is it all right if I uh, enter?" And you know this is the sound of um, um, Rallis. Rallis. Who is talking to us? Oh, he's uh, the guy who helped us get you out of the river. Oh, sweet. Yeah, come in. Me. Uh, he's, he, after just standing out there for an awkward amount of time, he comes in, he's like, uh, thank you. Yes. Um, how is, uh, everyone feeling? Um, a lot more mobile. He nods and says, <laughs> you look a lot better. <laughs> I wish I felt it. <laughs> he nods and says, well, hopefully tonight you guys will get an actual full night's rest and, and be able to kind of feel a little bit, uh, you know, back to, to, to fight and strength. Um, he sits down and he kind of, uh, um, his voice gets a little quieter and he says, um, again, I, I want to apologize for uh, my um, surprised candor when uh, when you guys approached. It's, we've made quite the effort to stay uh, invisible to the other peoples of the more southern reaches of Angia. Um, a lot of that is because of uh, just the climate that we're in. Not a lot of friendly folk to tieflings out there. So are we somewhere north? 
He uh, shakes his head. He says, no, you're actually pretty far south. Mm. Um, the Tiefling Empire occupies uh, still mo- most of the northwestern regions of Angia, just beyond the mountains. Um, he says, so when when I abandoned ship and, and left during the Forever War, I was going as far south as I could. And that's where I eventually settled. What forest are we in? He he uh, sits back as if he didn't just take like a minute to think about where he was. And he says, um, well, right now we're in the Riverlands, but we are bordering the um, uh, uh, the Great Forest, um, Sylvae, uh, which in Elven speak is the Great Forest. Um, but uh, Flumia, which is Elven speak for Riverlands, is where we are right now. And the Great River separates the two. Um, so we're... The Great River is what you just fell into, uh, and uh, we are on the um, the western side in the Riverlands right now. So we're pretty far south, a little bit um, east as well. You see Lacey just clutch the emerald that she has <clears throat> around, her, around her neck and just breathe out a sigh of relief. He looks over to you and says, are you happy that you're in the Riverlands, or upset? It's not a forest, I know, so I'm very excited. <laughs> he and nods. there's probably all new mushrooms here. He nods and says, there's a lot of uh, uh, different flora and fauna that, um, that occupy the Riverlands. A lot of it is um, uh, uninhabited, and that is part of the reason why we settled here. Um, the closest settlement is the, the Kingdom of the Dwarves, um, which do not take a big liking to us, but, um, but they, uh, luckily, we haven't run into any issues with them in a few years. Um, How far are we from Rune? He sits back and he says, we're quite a bit away from Rune. Rune is pretty much in the center of the continent, and we're, you know, South and, and uh, centered, central south, a little bit to the east as well. Um, so we're a good ways away, a good 10 days ride. When we were talking earlier, and I mentioned how we got here, you said that the Circle of Fire is not a group you're fond of. Could you tell us more about that? He nods and he says, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to chat with you all later um and in a separate environment from the middle of town um many don't know this but um i was a captain in the tiefling empire during the forever wars um initially when the wars began uh the tiefling soldiers and lower command were lied to we had been told that this was a preventative war, that these forces of the elves, mankind, and dwarves were plotting against us and that they had assassinated the king's brother. Um, As the war began, and I slowly went from a a recruit into a higher level and started interacting with different people up the food chain of the empire, um, I started hearing words of the Circle of Fire, and uh, at the time we had just heard that they were uh, an organization friendly to our cause who um, were giving 
aid and, and uh, assistance to uh, the, the emperor as he began and launched this war. It wasn't until I became a captain that I uncovered the truth, which was that the Circle of Fire was the corruption that began the war in the first place. Um, they are purely out to cause chaos in the realm of Angea. I never learned exactly why they're doing this, but I did um, see it firsthand when we, early on in, in the Forever Wars, when the Tiefling Empire was seemingly unstoppable before the forces of man, elf, and dwarves um, had a chance to build up their own arms. As we invaded uh, different outposts, out of outposts, settlement after settlement, um, we came to this one commoner village where there was no army, there was no warriors, there was nothing. Um, and yet we were commanded to slaughter all of them. Um, I couldn't do it and left, fled the empire with a couple of uh, my companions. Romulus was my steward at the time. Um, and we left to go south and uh, hid out from the rest of the war um, as we'd be executed on site if the Tieflings found us, but we couldn't go back to killing marauderously like they had been commanding us to do. But it was, I believe that the Emperor was a good man until the Circle of Fire got involved. Uh, maybe hot-headed, maybe reckless, um, but never somebody who would uh, initiate a genocide at the level of the Tiefling Empire's uh, uh, track record has shown. So I don't know much about them, but I do know they're the root of the Forever War, and I don't know, but I, I think there's probably more that they have up their sleeves. I'm sorry, you said we're in the Riverlands? Yes. Do you know a tiefling named Kairos? He leans back and says, Kairos was here a week ago. He was? Yeah. Do you know where he went? He went north. Back to his home? I don't know. He wouldn't say. He he seemed troubled. Um... But he, he visited, he actually had been by here a month prior, going toward the Dwarven Kingdom. Uh, and then he came by here a week on his way back, going back north. I wish I knew more for you, but he is a friend of ours. Um, he's always brought us uh, uh, trade as well as uh, supplies whenever he passes through these parts. It's been a while. He says, how do you know Kairos? Um, he's a very good friend of mine. He nods. He says, yes, he's uh, quite the friend to all. Um, really good-hearted man. Um, or tiefling, I should say. Uh, he kind of chuckles to himself. Um, looks back at the rest of you and says, so I'm sure there's more to your you know, story in terms of how you got wrapped into the Circle of Fire. Um, and I, you don't need to tell me. You know, I, I trust you. You seem like good-hearted folk. Um, but I will say one thing is that if you are looking to defeat them, eventually, you're probably going to have to go north toward the Tiefling Empire. That is where I've always seen them to be strongest, and I imagine that's where their roots are deepest. 
Uh, do you know if there's a base of theirs close to here? The Circle of Fire is is very elusive. Um, they don't operate like an army uh, or any um, military organization that I've seen. Uh, they mostly work as um, assassins in the shadows and uh, corrupting politicians and um, really turning leaders uh, into uh, grotesque versions of themselves to suit their interests. And it almost always comes back down to chaos and bloodshed. Um, he looks over at all you again. Rago kind of pipes up and he says, uh, you said we were closest to the Dwarven Empire. And he nods and says, uh, yes, um, they, uh, there is a, um, uh, uh, Dwarven, uh, kingdom, um, over to the, uh, the, the, the Dwarven kingdom, um, more, um, uh, in central Angia, but not very far, about four days away, four days march uh, from here over to the east or west, I should say, excuse me. Do they ever come around here? He, uh, he nods, he says, yeah, they, um, they, they have come here before, um, not usually uh, as a large force, but more so as scouts or um, individuals, you know, uh, traveling through who may have gotten lost or may have been using the river to guide themselves back up to wherever they were heading. Um, but they did come by a few years ago um, demanding that we leave and uh, it almost became a full-out bloodshed. Uh, we were luckily able to um, stand our ground and it wasn't until um, the, uh, um, uh, the the human uh, soldiers came to our aid and, and actually uh, asked the dwarves to stand down, to which they begrudgingly relented. Back to Kairos. Do you know what his goals were going down towards there, uh, towards the Dwarven Kingdom? He didn't say much. It seemed like he was trying to um keep things close to the vest um but he said that he was trying to figure out why there may have been um you know a, a desire uh, to uh, take down the, the dwarven empire or the dwarven kingdom i should say um there have been threats against uh the king's life against his uh, daughter's life um that have been kind of floating around. Uh, we don't really know exactly how true these uh, these different allegations are, but Cairo seemed to believe that they were uh, very credible. And he uh, kind of sits back and he says, but hopefully Kairos can kind of get to the bottom of it and figure it out. I mean, the things are very unstable politically between all of the different factions, not just the tieflings. Um, you know, the dwarvens especially are extremely sensitive uh, after and, and vulnerable after the war. They by far saw the most losses out of all of the kingdoms. Um, any uh, attack on them, you know, they, they would get very defensive very quickly. Uh, and um, some say that they have been 
ever since the end of the Forever War, they've been building up an arsenal to protect themselves better. And the king may just be, you know, uh, worried enough to use it. <laughs> What's your goal for your settlement out here? Just live peacefully? He nods, he says, stay out of harm's way. It's always been our goal and we've been quite lucky uh, so far. We've found a good location. Um, and uh, as long as things stay kind of calm, um, we should be okay. But there are other dwarves do know that we have a settlement out here. Um, you know, they, uh, they do know that I used to be a captain in the empire. And so they don't like us, but they haven't tried to attack us yet. The last time they visited was a few years ago. The last time they visited, yeah, as a, as a military force. Um, Damien, give me a... I guess insight check. How long has it been since um, the events of the... Uh, in room? It's probably been like 48 hours. Oh, okay, so it's probably been like two days. Okay. Yeah, you guys have had a shit okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eight. Um, you, the talk about the dwarves, um, and just your, the proximity between everything here kind of made you remember something about when you were, um, falling uh, right before you hit the river, but you don't really remember exactly why. When we were falling, I remember seeing smoke about a three day walk out. See Rago nods. Um, you see that uh, Rowless kind of sits there and thinks, uh, "What what direction were they coming from?" It was west. He nods. He says, "Well, that would be west of the river from where you landed. Would be in the direction of the Dwarven uh, Kingdom. How far away was it?" Three days walk, probably two days by horse, two and a half. He nods and says, that's closer than the kingdom is by far. He says, I don't want to be an alarmist, but that could be a military uh, group on its way. He sits there, he says, but I don't know why they would be coming over here. We haven't done anything to upset them. Would I know? You haven't. Oh, go ahead. Oh. You haven't. Um, would I know how far or how, like, would I know the a general location of where Lockwood would be from here? Knowing, kind of knowing the area? Yeah. Um, Lockwood's where is your original yes. territory, right? Yeah. Uh, it would be it would be north of here, not okay. nearly as far north as like the Tieflings. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. north of the Riverlands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Basically, borders the Riverlands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or okay. I guess you could say it'd be part of it. Yeah, it's part of. Because it's like a but... swampy area, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Rago kind of looks over and says, "It looks over at you guys and says, 
guys, I don't think that they're aware of what happened at room. Doesn't seem that way. It's only been a couple of days. Do we want to tell him? Well, Rago wasn't being quiet. And (laughs) uh, uh, um, uh, Rallis looks over and says, well, what happened at Rune? So? I made a friend. That did happen. And then she died. That did also happen. And she happened to be the Dwarven Princess. And that's the relevant part. He says, that happened in Rune? Okay, so like, there was this celebration and we all got tickets to meet the king and they put us all into a tiny room. The salvation celebration, of course. Yeah, yeah, that thing. It's totally and then, lame. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, there were arrows and one, um, went through her neck. We didn't do it. This was the Dwarven princess? Oh, I yeah, yeah. draw a bow, you know? She was my new friend. <laughs> he just looks at you. just looks at her and he says, well, I mean, that would explain the Dwarven Empire being absolutely, uh, uh, you know, upset and and taking that would be easily enough to bring them to arms. But why would they be heading this way? It ruins the opposite direction. So we kind of think we did it. Whoa! He just stops and looks at you. Specifically, trying to pin it on a tiefling, and I kind of gesture towards our tiefling friend. Uh, he looks over at you guys. Looks over at. Uh, Yara looks back at you and says, Oh no. This is also the first that Madras is hearing about this. Oh. So oh. if I stick with you guys, I'm an outlaw. Oh shit, you're still here? <laughs> you're so quiet. I can I can go. You stand just right behind people like that? That's weird. <laughs> Rollis just says, No, no, don't don't go. Oh. So let me get this straight. You're you all were with the princess when she was killed. And it wasn't you who killed them. But everyone thinks it. It is. But we, everyone thinks it. We have accidentally, with Rago's guidance, discovered a conspiracy to reignite the Forever War in the name of some god of war. I for, I'm not good with mythology. She's the mythology one of the party. Um, I... What's the, what's the mushroom god? Silver! Ah, oh, that's it. <laughs> He sits there and he says, the god of war, he says, well, I mean, that sounds like the circle of fire. Yeah. So you're telling me that the circle of fire killed the dwarven princess and everyone thinks you have done it. And there was a tiefling with you. Yara. This tiefling. Yara kind of raises her hand. Uh, and now they're using her as a scapegoat to attack a tiefling civilization that they've known about. Yeah. Oh, maybe. He just kind of sits there with his hands in his arms like, oh, no. Um, The last time we saw the dwarves, they had big, bad fire magic that they threw at us and uh, smoke three days out. They're probably making the same moves here. Probably because they think we're here. Or I don't think they think we're here. That'd be crazy. Either way, they believe the narrative that the Circle of Fire is pushing about tieflings, and they want you off the map. So either way, I don't think you guys can stay here. He just sits there and kind of stares and says, "This has been our home for years. This has been the only place that we can feel somewhat safe. I don't know if we can." 
uproot ourselves like that. And in two days' time, we wouldn't get very far. Well, you oh, can't cut out pace. We can't house us. If they find us here, they're going to think that you're conspirators with us. He sits there and he says, Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, this is true. We might they need your care, help. But they probably don't care. Says, they probably already think that you're conspirators with us. That's why they're on the way here. They believe in He looks over at you and says, They don't need very much of an excuse to bring an army out here and squash tieflings that are near their home. If the princess is dead, and they believe it was a tiefling insurgent who did it, then it doesn't matter if you're here or not. They're going to want to eradicate us. They're going to want to completely go to war, and we're much closer than the remnants of the tiefling empire. Hmm. How many people are in this camp? Says we have about 80 common folk. We have me. Um, Romulus can kind of hold a sword. He says there's a couple of young men who might be able to, you know, use a bow, but we're not. No, we're not fighters. In fact, not being fighters has been what's kept us alive. We always wanted to appear as non-threatening, exactly. Hmm. Well? Well, maybe we need to start making you look a little more threatening. I say we go in and just kill them all. I mean... But I think That might be way easier said than done. We're strong. Yeah, we're strong, but how big of a... How big of a fire or smoke did you see when, from a three days journey out? Enough where I'm worried about a hundred people. That's for sure. Uh, sounds don't... like sounds like nobody here can fight. Besides, like you and your steward. He says uh, maybe. Yeah, and, and Romulus is a big maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says okay. Well, if all this is true, and he looks at you guys and he says and I believe you are telling the truth, then I need to start making preparations immediately. Um, I cannot force you guys to stay, um, but you're welcome to stay as long as you'd like, and if you'd like to help us, they're going to be here in, what, say, two days' time now? Then, you know, we'll take all the help that we can get but at least you've given us a heads up. Oh, man. He, uh, he slowly gets up and um, kind of like dusts himself off and just says, well, I thank you for letting me know. Um, I need to go speak with our, um, you know, the uh, um, anybody who might be able to, to bear arms and see if we can maybe call out to any friends we might have um, but, uh, you know, we need to get to work right away if we're going to survive a, a dwarven, uh, attack. Um, he says, uh, if you don't have anything else for me, I think I might need to go and prepare. I don't think, I don't have nothing to talk about. Thank you. I'd go prepare. 
Yeah. He nods and says, thank you again for letting me know. Um, and, you know, again, please stay as long as you'd like. Uh, you know, let me know before you leave, if you do decide to leave or if you're staying. Um, I'll let you guys get rest because you are still not quite at 100%, uh, it seems. Um, he says, but before you go, definitely see our, our medics. He looks over at you with the with the stump. Yeah, you have a cleric who can do something about the stump thing? He says, our, our cleric's not uh, a miracle worker, but they might be able to do something for that. Wow, where would I find them? Um, in in the morning when everything's opened up, um, uh, you'll be able to find them in the, in the, the center of the, the settlement. He says, um, but thank you again. Uh, I do appreciate it, and... Um, you know, we'd love to have you if, if you uh, are willing to to uh, defend Tieflings once more. Which kind of gives a nod to Yara. Um, he starts. She's to... useless. <laughs> he got Yara laughs. He laughs, <laughs> and he says, "Well, um, in a lot of ways, a uh, a non-combative Tiefling is the most useful of us all." She did help. No. Us. <laughs> like maybe not in combat scenarios, but you know you get the bigger picture. The thing I'm I trying would to still say. be at the bottom once. of the water. Okay. <laughs> hey, it helped me. I could have pulled you out. I helped you. Oh my god! <laughs> you see, then why did he you? just starts to kind of creep out and says, I'm "Okay, I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go now. Tell people the oncoming onslaught." Yeah, go 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 go, 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 go. I'll make sure that Romulus takes care of everything oh you need. God, he walks out. Romulus! Talking. <laughs> he's still talking. He's still talking. Uh, <laughs> he walks out and leaves you guys alone, and you have a you know a, a minute uh, to yourselves to kind of think. So we leave in the morning, right after I get my hand fixed. Where are we going? Anywhere but here. Fuck here. They got the dwarves on the way here. They do. The big bad magic. You Very brought them here. Magic, but yeah. it's our fault. Mm, our fault is strong words for what happened. Uh, we're involved in the reason why they're coming here. If we had not been, they would have depended on Yara and they'd be coming here anyway. Not our fault. Not my responsibility. Well, they probably would have killed her and they still wouldn't be here. Not my pigs, not my trough. Not kinda my trough, not my pig, pigs. Kind of your trough. Until I leave in the morning. <laughs> Rago, Rago Butson says, I don't think it's our, our fault for what has happened, or your fault for what has happened. Um, but um, I don't know if we can just leave here. You can walk. I Physically, yes. Yeah, I can. I think we can leave. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I misinterpreted. <laughs> He just puts his hands on his head um, and says, well, we have a couple different options. Um, we could try a diplomatic approach. We could. I have no idea how you successful that would be. They might not be. Who's going to try the diplomatic approach? Because it shouldn't be any one of us. No, it's... Yeah, and... If there's any, if there's one person that, especially Snickers, if, if there's any person that the Empire will want to kill more than you or this Tiefling settlement, it would be Yara. They're most likely the one that they pin most of this on. You might all just be accomplices in their eyes. Still bad, Mom. Could just give them her. 
he just kind of steps in between her and says, okay, well, that's not happening. I obviously. thought that's what you were suggesting. That's not what I'm suggesting. Then why are you suggesting it? You're not visually involved in any of this. Do you think you have a good chance of talking to them? He says, um, well, I told you I was a spy. Yeah. I had been spying on the Circle of Fire. I didn't tell you who I'm a spy for. Yeah. He um, sits back and says, obviously I don't carry any type of paperwork or anything <laughs> like that on me. Um, but I am actually a spy for the human kingdom, for Rune. The king sent me years ago to become part of the Circle of Fire under a guise and learn what they were doing. The human king knows about the Circle of Fire and would be the most likely person to believe us. With told you. Him. Or me. I mean, he does yeah, know yeah. me and trust yeah. me. How far I think, are we from the human kingdom? Very far. What was that? How far are we from the human kingdom? Rune is, very if we're far. in the Riverlands, Rune is quite far. Ten days ride. We're very far. They couldn't have been here when they died. I think the problem was that we were, yeah, when we were in Rune, the only people that were stopping us was the dwarves. The king's guard wanted to take us in for questioning, for trial. <laughs> but we didn't have the option. He says the dwarves would have killed us before. You could leave in the morning after I get my hand fixed. Um, we could just go. You don't have any paperwork or anything saying that you're from them, but you have a way to contact. You gotta have a way to contact them. I don't have any way to contact him other than going to Rune. Be way too long. I have an idea. Um, we can ditch Yara, the dead weight, and protect the village and the settlement and her at the same time. What do you mean by definitely going to leave Yara here? We leave Yara here. Uh -huh. That was and we advise choice. them to offer the information of where we headed in exchange for their safety. And we tell them to tell the dwarves that we're the ones who assassinated the princess so that they don't harm Yara or the settlement and we take the blame and we leave. You see, Rago sits back and thinks and says, we're really banking a lot on the dwarves trusting Terry. a bunch of tieflings. Not destroying it anyway. Mm -hmm. They could That's take true. the information and burn the village to the ground. Anyways. It's true. I could try to talk to them. I don't know who I am, so they don't either. <laughs> That's yeah. the problem. Says, they might, though. All I know is that the Circle of Fire had me. And they pro they might have used you. And the dwarves with the Circle of Fire? Uh, Invisible, you might have. You might have been a combatant. Yeah, you like you might have been a part of some fights. You were a soldier experimenting. Do you remember anything that happened while you were... No. But I'm an elf. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was on their side. Yeah. So we're humans. He did, he looks at UPL and says, "Yes, you weren't you weren't there in Rune, but when we were fighting, the dwarves purposefully ignored the humans to try and kill us. Now, that doesn't mean that every dwarf will, but they are." definitely not in their right minds right now at least from what we saw do you think the king would be part of this raiding party the dwarven king yeah dwarven king. No. no i think that he's locked up in this castle that's most fair. likely that's fair. he says well there's a couple different factors the town our reputation and yara now the safest thing for Yara would be to leave. The safest thing for the settlement would be for us to stay and fight. We could fight after trying to reach a diplomatic solution. And if it doesn't work, we can try and reduce the bloodshed to defend ourselves in explanation in the future. Do, do we know if the gnomes had any races that they liked or have an alliance with the gnomes. It's sorry, the druid, the 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 the, the, the um dwarves. dwarves. Jesus, my brain. If they <laughs> trust anyone, mm-hmm. he says, "Well, the human king was the one who really led the fight against the tieflings. He is the one with the cleanest Record. reputation out of anyone." Yeah. But also, you know, the uh, the Elven Council uh, is going to be a, a very uh, independent, um, isolated, uh, uh, wise group. I think if we were to get all of these figureheads together, we might be able to explain it. But I think that is putting the cart in front of the horse right now. I have a question. Not mad. Okay. I have no access to my spells. I don't know what spells I, I can cast yet. Oh, no, you can cast. You can. You still have combat, like, knowledge of... of you can of still fight as I normal. So I it's, can use the yeah. spells and the cantrips that I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sorry, memory yes. Memory-wise. You can still do everything in terms of, like, combat and spell and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, your actual lore. memory of your, like, your history. Your lore. Okay. Yeah. Um... So Rago looks at you all, looks at Yara, and just says, "So what's what's the play?" Madras uses disguise self and turns herself into a dwarf. Rago just kind of stares and says, "Hmm." Let's check the duration. Interesting. I can end the spell either way. But it might consume spells. Well, we we ha- we definitely have the night though. We have, we have oh, true, we, we have a long rest coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you, I get you. Let me talk to them. Yeah, and two days. Okay, it's fine. Let me t- try to talk to them. I have an hour in this form. Let me try it. Oh, the conversation do doesn't last longer than an hour. Dwarf, or do you want to talk as the king? Oh. I could turn myself into the king. He, Rago sits there and says, I think they know where he is. A ki- the king would be tough. 
because you'd be coming from the opposite direction of the kingdom alone, which historically never happens. Um, but if you kind of split the difference, maybe you could dress yourself as a high commanding dwarven soldier. And vouch for these people. And outrank whoever is leading this army. Which means we'd need to see what their rank is. Sneak in. Figure out what their uniforms Mm -hmm. look like. All of it. We could meet them halfway there. They'll be be about a day and a half away. If we start out. Do some of us stay here though? to help just in case this goes wrong. Rego nods and says, I mean, preparations need to be made for them here no matter what. We could assist there and try and, you know, uh, work at both ends of this until we know how it's going to end up. I think some of us need to go and some of us need to stay. Rego nods. Who's coming with me? Rego says, well, I'll go. He nods, says, okay. Says, but you might need to fix your hand. Ah, uh, yeah, we should wait. Well, we're definitely, uh, definitely shouldn't leave now. He says, um, I mean, I think we have to, we should get a, a long rest uh, anyway, but yeah. um, he says, I mean, I'm I'm a ranger. I'm very comfortable going on a stealth mission, but um, I don't know if the time it takes to fix your hand might be more so time than we should waste if we're trying to meet them halfway. We'd have to see how long it'll take to fix them in the morning. Either way. That's true. Okay. He looks at you all and says, I mean, I guess it's not a bad idea if maybe the three of us stay, you two go, or I can go with. It really doesn't matter. Yara yeah. needs to stay here. Yeah. Right. Split down the middle, three and three. Okay. So Ray goes with us. Yeah, might be better. Someone who can also talk and hopefully convince or prove that he's with uh, the human king. What's the name again? What's his? What's his um, name? I actually forgot. Bjorn. Bjorn. Thank you. Bjorn. Yeah. Um, Rego nods and says, "All right. Well, it sounds like the best plan we have so far." Says, uh, maybe we rest and then figure out more tomorrow. Attack it in the morning, yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So you guys all take a long rest. Go ahead and recover everything. Besides Pale Scales' hand. That's <laughs> <laughs> big eggs. Yay on that stone, guys. Yay. Yay. No petrification. Heck yeah. I got my spell slots back. Um, all right. So you guys uh, wake in the morning at first light. You see a light just barely creeping through the flaps of the tent uh, as you um, awake. Uh, I already forgot your name. Madras. Madras. <laughs> Madras. Do you try to sleep tonight? Okay, give me a, I guess luck. Give me a luck check to see if you're successful. It's gonna be pretty easy because you're definitely exhausted. Mm-hmm. But you've also been having trouble sleeping. 
I got a 19. Okay, cool. You're able to sleep. Um, either way, you're going to get your full rest, remember. But uh, you fall asleep. And in the night, you have a dream of your origins. Um, you remember, um, and tell me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but you remember that you come from a tribe of high elf soldiers called the Mal Quasir. Um, and that they're uh, you know, fierce, well-known for their battle abilities, and that you were uh, aggressors. You were combatants against the Tiefling Empire during the Forever War. That's all you remember currently. But okay. you start to get a little bit of knowledge as you as you rest up about your origins. Um, as you all awake, uh, the sun, you know, shines in, um, and uh, and you start to kind of get ready for the day. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Like I, <clears throat> I, before leaving the tent, pull Lacey and Seabog aside, and I open up the bag of holding, and I pull out the golden potion that elixir of golden fire or mm-hmm. whatever. I pull out the blue <clears throat> potion, and I pull out the sage green potion oh, that I potions. stuffed in there. And I give them to Lacey and to Seabog, respectively. And I say, you guys should take these to the potion shop and see if maybe the people there can identify what the other two potions do and think of maybe a way that they could use the elixir of fire to defend the town. Probably aren't going to be useful on a stealth mission, gigantic explosives, and I have no idea what the other two do. Probably a little bit more fitting for attack down defensive approach. So... I give them the potions off my person, and then I venture out of the tent looking for where the clerics are to get my hand fixed. Okay. Cool. So either of you can take them. Um, it's up to you guys. All right. So Rego gets the stuff together and heads out mm-hmm. with Madras Pale Scales. Um, you guys go to the cleric tent first. Um, you find this cleric there, um, who uh, this older uh, tiefling gentleman, just kind of walking around with a little you know, moon glasses, um, and uh, greets you, kind of startled by you, a bunch of non-tieflings just walking in and says, oh yes, you must be some of the visitors that I heard about. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, the captain said you might be coming by. And Did you hear about here. this? Yes. That, <laughs> it is gross. It uh, looks like, is that pus coming it off of it? Stinks. Yes. it stinks. Whatever, it's the, that I call it stink. the sour juice, because when I lick it, it's not good. You should most certainly not lick it. Like this? Well, first of all, it looks from first glance to be some kind of chemical uh, burning acidic reaction. So you definitely shouldn't lick it in case there's any residue. It doesn't taste like I should lick it. Go ahead and roll me a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Please. 16. Okay. Hold on. Let me look at my luck stat. I don't uh, think there's, there's, there's oh, good, wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you basically it tastes like you just bit into like uh, a, a habanero pepper, so your tongue is like on fire, mm. and so you just have like that like that feeling like when you burn your mouth on coffee yeah, for like yeah. the rest of the day. Gotcha. <laughs> um, 
Excellent. So uh, he he, he kind of like puts his glasses down and says, oh, yes, yes, it seems there is still some ass there. All right, come with me. We should, you want to try it? Clean it? Nope. Nope. You don't want to give it a I, lick? No, I do not want to lick it. Uh, I so don't want to lick it. He takes, so he takes you into the tent um, and uh, cleans the wound and, and starts um, uh, uh, preparing, um, you know, some magical incantations and, and whatnot. Um, after about, you know, 10 minutes or so, um, this nub is not healing. Uh, it is just kind of, it feels like, you know, the, the bones in the, like, that are still remaining there, um, feel like maybe they've been kind of like relocated. Like when you're like, you know, re, um, uh, uh, uh setting like a, a like wound from a broken together, arm. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like melding it. Yeah. into like more of a safer stump. Mm. Uh, so it's like healed the stump, but it didn't heal your hand. God. Uh, so you do feel healed. It doesn't hurt anymore. The acid residue is gone. It doesn't sting. Um, yeah, it just tastes like scales. It tastes better. <laughs> he nods. He says, which yeah. is worse. Um, he says, it, that would be the soap. Uh, and Ew, you soaked my hand? He says, where's your mud bucket? He says, well, the mud bucket's out back. But before you go, uh, he says, I don't seem to be able in my abilities to completely bring back your hand, but I have the next best thing. He walks into the back, he comes back out, holding this thing behind his back, he reveals it, and it is like this leather, um, uh, like, wrap kind of thing, uh, with a pirate hook at the end. I put it on my working hand. He says, wait, <laughs> I think you misunderstood. Now I can fucking grab twice as good with the other hand. He looks He looks over at, um, oh my god, I keep forgetting. You can keep Madris. calling me Pales, or not Pales, PL. PL if you'd like. It'd be really funny if this guy doesn't know your name he's like, right PL. or wrong and he calls you PL. Uh, he looks over at you and says, uh, please mm. make sure that he mm. puts this on the right arm eventually. <clears throat> Skills, can I please see the hand? Yeah, it's right here. May I hold? <laughs> she takes it off and just <laughs> stows it away. He says, "All right. Well, I apologize. I could not do more, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not the you know best cleric, and really just dealing with minor wounds out here. We don't see a lot of combat injuries." Um, but he uh, he gives you a nod and and just says, um, "Let me know if it festers again, or if you don't touch any more acid." Don't lick it. Don't touch it at all. Why? Okay. <laughs> he looks over at uh, Madris and just says, is it Madris? Yeah. Madris. And just says, uh, please advise him. Uh, I, I guess you don't have to, but. Is that acid should be in your mud bucket? No, it's mud. I sprint out outside and I just jam my whole arm in that fucking mud bucket. <laughs> Rago, uh, Rago just says, we need to go. <laughs> Um, and uh, and guides you all uh, heading down the um, the river, going toward the uh, west, uh, toward where you saw the smoke. So you but, guys start going that direction, and we come back to you three, you guys and Yara. Um, so you guys are sitting in the uh, the tent. A uh, lot of different things going on. You definitely hear a commotion, walking around. A lot of people kind of getting ready and preparing in any ways that they can. Um, what would you guys like to do? There are shops still open. What potions did you give us or me? Because you wanted me to take Blue, sage, green, and then the golden fire one. Was it light blue or just regular blue? A, uh, my only descriptor was blue. Okay, never mind. Uh, blue, sage, green, and then that, that golden one. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, I would like to try to find a potion shop. Or someone that could try to figure out what these are. Yeah. You want to come with? No. No? No, we go look for mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> try to stay in the area, please. You don't control me. And I walked away. Okay. Yara just says, I will stay here. You should. <laughs> um, and she actually does, she stays in the, the, the site, the settlement, but she does, you know, talk to people and kind of um, uh, converse with them. Um, all right, who does what? So you go into the forest, look for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you looking for anything in particular? I'm not looking for mushrooms. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm going to go deep into the forest. Okay. And I'm going to find, like, just any plant life that I possibly can. Okay. Uh, are you looking for anything in particular? Just, just any plant life? Any plant life. Okay. Just making sure no one can hear me. Okay. And I'm going to pull out the black potion that I took. <laughs> okay. 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 Go ahead. I really should work on my poker face. <laughs> and I'm not going to touch anything. <laughs> but I'm just going to try to put the smallest little thing from the black potion onto one of the flowers. Tell me exactly how you do this. So I... Spare no detail. So I, or spare, sorry. Yeah, yeah, spare, spare no, no, no detail. detail. Okay, so I'm going... I I know I, I know that it's something bad. I do know that. I know that it's very bad. But I'm just going to, like, very slowly, like, as nimbly as I can, just drop, just from the bottle, just the tiniest, like, tiny, tiny, tiny bit of potion onto this flower. But I'm going to, like, stand back so none of it hits anything that I'm touching. I took the cloak off, so I can't touch the cloak. Like, nothing can touch me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to drop it just a little bit. I'm so scared. I don't know. What did I just do? Um, you drop this little tiny bit of mm-hmm. black potion on a flower. I did. Uh, <laughs> you see that as it hits the petals of the flower, mm-hmm. the flower almost kind of like looks like a you know like a fast forwarded version of like when like a, a like a plant dies and just kind of shrivels up. Uh, it looks like it does that for a split second, and then kind of goes back to normal. Uh, give me a constitution check oh. with advantage, because okay. you were being very cautious, and you raised very little. Okay, Ooh, okay. That's, that's at least... What's, what's my constitution? You're 20. My 20? Oh, yeah. Plus two. Plus so... That's at least a 20. That's a 21. Cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> with a 21, you feel terrible for a split second. Okay. And then you're fine. Okay. Um, and you are, you are aware of the fact that you did not catch this or were not affected by it purely just being in the vicinity of it didn't like it's not like it was poured on you and not like it affected you fully uh-huh. but just being in proximity to this felt like nauseating um even as careful as you were being so you know you're okay but that just it just illustrates to you how 
potent. Whatever this is, is. She's just gonna put it put it back away. She's and she's gonna go look for a couple mushrooms, pick them up, and just run back into town. Okay, cool. But before we get to that, let me tell you about today's sponsor. Hi guys, Cole here. I just want to quickly take a minute and tell you about today's sponsor for this episode, which is actually my company, Jarvis Media Consolidated. Whether you run a small practice or a larger business, or you're just kind of making content to put on YouTube with your friends, like what we do, you may need social media services. And that's where we come in. Jarvis Media Consolidated is a company that partners with small to medium-sized companies to help them distribute their social media content uh, across any kind of platform and get more leads, more brand exposure, and ultimately help your business grow using the power of social media. So whether you're running a podcast and you wanna get that distributed on platform, or you need some ads, or even just some simple social media content to put on your pages so you're not completely ignoring all social media platforms out there, we've got you covered. Feel free to call us anytime to talk about any kind of inquiries and work that we might be able to do together. You can call us at 315-751-8103 or email us at info at jarvismedia.biz. That's info at jarvismedia.biz. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seabog, uh, what do you do while she runs uh, off? <laughs> I am looking for... A potion shop. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, so you bring all the potions oh, besides the black one, I'm guessing? Um, um, I don't know what the black one is. That's right. They don't know. Knows. They don't yeah, know that I have You the... bring all the potions. You I bring all the potions. Yeah. Uh, you bring, bring all the potions uh, to the potion shop. So you walk in the middle of town, um, you know, with the... Do you give him the bag of holding? Is that what you have? I give him the potions. Oh, uh, okay. I, I'm just holding potions. You just walk around, like, just tingling or, like, you know, tinkering uh, uh, all this glass is hitting it itself. Um... You walk into the center of town, look around, and you see a uh, a bunch of different tents and like you know cabins and whatnot. You see one cabin, as a door opens and a, and a person walks out, uh, you see it kind of lined <laughs> with some potions. Um, so you understand that to be the potion shop. Yep. You head over that way. Um, as you walk in, uh, you see this um, uh, this older uh, tiefling woman just say, "Oh, hello! Uh, you must be some of our guests that I heard so much about." Yes, I am. Um, you have a lot of potions with you. Are you looking to sell or I am buy? Looking to figure out what they are. Okay, very good, very good. Um, she picks them up and she says, "My name's Artemis, by the way." Hello. Um, and she places these on uh, the, uh, the 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 table in front of her. See, she puts on um, some like goggles, kind of goes off to this alchemy like table mm-hmm. and starts doing some experiments. Um, what were the ones that you had again? Um, I'm gonna give her all the half. So I'm gonna give her an orange, a red, a blue, sage, green, and gold. So a total of six potions. Sorry, orange, red, blue, sage, and gold. Green. Uh, yeah, green as well. Green and gold. Yes. And that's the gold one. That's the... Um, that's the... the yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Um, so you walk out there, uh, give her all these potions. She starts kind of working at it. It takes a little while. Makes sense. Um, she first hands you back the orange one. Um, and she says, this, I'm, I've never seen it before. It must be some kind of very custom um, uh, potion. Um, but it seems to be some kind of signal. Okay. Um, some yeah. group of people must be able to uh, know when it's been spilt or know when it's been poured or broken on the ground. Um, it's some kind of indicator yeah. uh, that not everybody, but some people must be uh, accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes over to the red one. She says, this is kind of a uh, home-brewed healing uh, potion. This is a... Um, uh, uh, 
greater health potion. Uh, this essentially seems to be not only uh, curing of your health, but also helps to uh, relieve any kind of um, uh, uh, um, status inflictions or um, um, what's it called? Exhaustion. Okay. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, she says, I don't think it would work on something that extreme, but okay. um, but it is customized. It's something that just seems to be a very buffed up healing spell. Kind of okay. handles more elements. Um, she takes the blue one. She says, this is a very interesting one. This is a potion of invisibility. Uh, this is very rare um, and would also go for a, a you know a, quite the, the pricey penny. Um, she goes back over. Look at some of these other ones here. Um, the green one. <clears throat> she says, this is a uh, potion of what I believe is considered, it's called a potion of heroism. You said green? Yes, the okay. green one. The sage one. Oh, the sage one. Sorry, right. yeah. Um, this is the potion of heroism. Um, this is going to essentially just make you uh, not only physically stronger, but just uh, more likely to um, uh, be an effective combatant. Um, not exactly sure what this will do um, in terms of in the heat of battle, but it will definitely make you stronger and, and, and more powerful going into battle. Mm -hmm. um, the green is not that. The green is a potion of maximum power. Um, this potion uh, allows you to deal a fourth level spell um, and it will do maximum damage. Side note real quick, is yeah. that the same as the bright green? Or is that a different potion? Is bright green a different potion? I think bright green is a different potion. Okay, just making sure, thank you. Yeah, no, you're okay. Um, she says, so this is a this is a very expensive uh, potion you have here. This would go for very well. I don't think it makes uh, a non-spellcaster be able to cast a fourth level, but if a spellcaster uses it, they should be able to use it as a free fourth level uh, spell as well as, and this is very breaking, yeah, metagaming, but just yeah. so you understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Um, doing that and it will, deal, it will deal maximum damage. Yeah, uh, so yeah. she basically just says, in her language, uh, this will allow you to cast a very powerful spell at, at the, the highest potential um, uh, potency that you could possibly cast it. Um, and then lastly, the gold. She looks at this, and as she kind of examines it, you see that she kind of like falls back in her chair. She kind of gets up and dusts herself off and says, this is a very dangerous potion. Um, she carefully rebottles it and, and kind of makes sure that there's nothing spilled anywhere. She says, I... I've never seen something quite like this, but essentially this is an explosive uh, bomb in potion form. Hmm. This will cause massive damage, um, you know, equivalent to, you know, a very, very um, uh, powerful, like um, trebuchet or, or cannon or something along mm -hmm. those lines. Um, uh, and I believe it will be um, quite fiery explosion as well uh so she just kind of like very carefully hands you back that one kind of steps steps back from it um and she says okay well those are some interesting uh potions um what's uh anything else i can help you with um can i take a look at the shop let's see what she's got of course yeah you see that she has um uh, a lot of different uh um 
like health spells, um, regeneration of, uh, um, let's say, like when your uh, exhaustion, things like that, things that repair your stamina. Mm -hmm. um, she has a couple of small, very small, um, slightly different colored blue vials that help to give back a, um, a first level spell or um, things of that nature. So. Nothing too crazy, nothing really that yeah, expensive, yeah. but yeah. Um, some minor things as well as the health potions. Um, how expensive are the, the level one, the blue ones? Uh, she blue looks at spells. those, she says, these are about 50 gold a piece. Yep, She says, well, if you'd like to sell one of your potions. Um, I'll talk with the rest of my group first. But she nods. Now, she nods, she says, okay, we'll come back um, whenever. Uh, I don't think we will be open in two days because I hear that there is a war coming. <laughs> she kind of laughs nervously. Like, Hopefully <laughs> not. Yeah, she nods. She says, well, let me know if you need any uh, any further assistance. Um, and, uh, and we hope you stay around. Um, and uh, you leave the shop. Yeah. About this time, uh, Lacey comes back over and you guys are rejoined. And we will cut to you. Because Ray goes with you. You guys are hightailing it through the woods. You're just booking it, trying to make up for time as much as possible. Um, as you are just kind of running, you can essentially just basically keep doing what would it equate to like dash actions, trying to speed up as much as possible. Uh, if you want to, you know, mess around with any spells or do anything a little bit differently, um, you know, you have time to do that now. So I've already given you back your hand and it's properly fastened to the left hand that you burned off, and it is working. Cool. You can hand it to me. No, 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 I... You can't in, determine how I fasten it to myself. It's already done. We're booking it. You've got it already fastened. No, you can hand it to me. <laughs> no, it's already done. It happened behind the scenes. You didn't see it. Oh my goodness. You guys are just slowly starting to fall behind Rego, and Rego's like, what are you doing? <laughs> we need to hurry. <laughs> I don't have any spells that I want to cast, so I'm just going to um, keep dash, actually. Uh, we're good right now. Okay. You guys want to keep dashing? Yeah. I am. Cool. Yeah. All right, so you guys all keep dashing with Rago um, as you had to intercept the uh, Dwarven army um, uh, coming down. Or I guess you don't really know the size of this, mm. uh, this faction or whatever. Um, so you guys continue your journey running down. We jump back down. You see, uh, as the day is kind of growing a little bit older and you've done some stuff or whatever, uh, you know, you see that the energy of the town is picking up. Like people are, you know, it's really kind of sinking in that there is a force coming to essentially slaughter them. Uh, you know, you see people running around. Um, there are still kind of some people who are more cavalier, uh, but there are some people who are definitely kind of, you know, rushing around. You see some... Uh, younger men um, uh, uh, being handed like bows and stuff. Romulus is like handing out um, some like minor weapons and whatnot, uh, and kind of doing some like minor like marksman training uh, with some uh, archers. Um, you see also um, um, Raulus is is kind of showing um, some different tiefling uh, boys and girls, oh men and women, you know how to like you know uh, use a sword and, and kind of basics of like fighting. Uh, and then you also see uh, some other people. Um, kind of trying to set up uh, like some barricades and some walls and, and fortify their position a little bit. Uh, but the shops are still open. Um, so what would you like to do? 
You can also use this time to just assist them, and I'll basically buff their efforts if you guys do that. Um, how... Yeah, I, just, I think I'm just willing to... Actually, can... Do they have a weapon shop? Yeah, they, they don't, like, normally they don't, they don't but they definitely yeah. have, like, you know, some weapons that, that uh, Rowless has put away, um, and, and there is, like, a... Um, uh, somebody who looks like they uh, uh, have seen some, like one of the few people who've seen some battle um, is kind of like sharpening some blades and stuff like that and, and kind of working with the blacksmith to uh, try and fashion some basic armor and weapons and stuff. So there's kind of a stand yeah, you can but, go to. No, nah, I think I'll just help out then. Okay. okay, okay. I'm going to split off from him and go to the potion shop myself. Okay. By myself. Okay. And I'm going to have her look at, I have three potions I'm going to have her look at. The light blue potion, the bright green potion, and the gray potion. Not the black one? No. Okay, cool. No one's going to know what the black one is. Okay, I got to keep track of these. Um, okay, so what's the first one? So Artemis greets you, uh, um, you know, uh, welcomes you to your shop. Which potions do you want to do first? The light blue. Light blue, okay. Yep. No okay. Huh? Do I know about the ones that's not the black one? Yes, you guys saw me grab the other three. I wasn't trying to be sneaky with that one. The only one you guys don't know. Yeah, was yeah. The black one. I, I mean, I knew we definitely didn't know the black. One. I wasn't sure, but I'm still alone. Well, um, yeah. She looks at the light blue, kind of starts examining it. She's like, "Man, that's a busy day for potions today." Uh, and she says, um, "This is essentially um, would give haste to whoever drinks it. Uh, you know, mechanically, that means that essentially you get the haste spell um, from the whoever drinks it gets the haste spell from the uh, potion." Just like a one-time use, right? Yeah. Okay. Was okay. like, the other sure. one green? Uh, bright green. Right. Bright green. Okay. Um, so many potions. I can't. So many uh, same colors. I know. So I, I couldn't be more creative <laughs> with the colors. <laughs> green and bright green. <laughs> There's like three different versions of green. There's sage, green, bright green. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so uh, the bright green one is fun. Um, she looks at it and she says... Wow, this is an incredibly unique spell. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Um, this essentially makes you um, invulnerable to damage for three rounds uh, mechanically. She says for what that be thirty uh, seconds ish is how much that would be approximately. Oh yeah, it's ten seconds around, right? Okay. 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 And then what was the last one? Uh, gray. Gray. She looks at this and she says, very interesting spell as well. This is some kind of, um, it works, it should work like a mental key to kind of help you understand what another person may be thinking. Um, you know, this is essentially a potion of mind reading uh, and will grant you detect thought spell for one minute, essentially. Mm. Oh my. Okay. Also, nice. all these are one time use. Yeah. 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 So, Lacey's gonna thank her and everything, but then she's gonna turn around and she's gonna say, I have a question. She says, okay. Have you ever had a potion that just made you not okay? Like you, like you, you put it on something and it, and it, and it, and it died and then came back to life, but then you felt awful just for a moment. She nods and she says, well, there are, there are many potions out there. For all the potions that 
heal us and make us stronger, there are just as many potions out there that make us uh, ill or hurt us. Um, sometimes just being in proximity to a powerful potion, good or bad, uh, you know, you'll feel some minor effects of just being near it. Um, very powerful spells, uh, or uh, potions, I should say, um, being consumed around you, just kind of uh, being around the aroma may feel make you feel stronger or weaker, depending on what the potion's intention is. So being near a potion that's being used and feeling kind of, you know, ill for a second, we should just tell you that that potion is very powerful in a, in a very negative way. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about that if it didn't touch you or you didn't ingest it. Um, as far as a potion goes that would kill something and then bring it back to life, I've never seen anything like that. Usually there'd be, you know, a potion of revivify after a potion, like some kind of killing potion. But I don't know one that would do both the same swoop. Okay. Thank you. She says, sure. Anything you need. Bye-bye. <laughs> she waves bye to you, uh, and then you um, go back into town. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? No, I'm going to wait till I get back to the town. Okay. Um, do you want to help with fortification yeah, or anything, I'll or do you want to? Okay, cool. I'll help them. I'll help them. Um, I'll, like, teach. I'll, I'll try to teach some people how to swing a scimitar. Okay, cool. Um, and what would you like to specifically do, Seabog? So you could help with the mm -hmm. um, the swordsmen, you could help with the archers, you could help with the uh, barriers, um, you know, you could help uh, maybe find hiding places for the elderly and young. You can do any of these things and that'll help in battle. I think I'm gonna help with um, the elderly. Okay. Help get like a, a safe haven type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You build like kind of like hidden like areas or dig like hidden trenches yeah. and stuff for them to maybe like hide in yeah. uh, while battle's commencing. Um, cool. So you guys do that. You help with the uh, like, you know, swinging of yeah. swords and stuff and scimitars and whatnot and you help with the elderly. So we cut back to you guys. You guys are, um, a good amount of time has passed. Uh, you guys are definitely getting close. They were about, in the morning, they were probably around a day and a half away. And so if you're heading there, you're kind of meeting them after like, a, you know, a little less than a day or so of full on sprinting. Um, so you uh, can start to smell the smoke. You can see the smoke coming in the distance. Um, you're not in like eye shot of them. They can't see you, um, but you can kind of like, you know, you can hear the rumblings of like, you know, some word drums and things like that. Um, so Rago starts to slow down and kind of uh, gives you guys like a, a hand up to kind of illustrate that you guys are getting close. Um, he comes to a stop, looks at you all, and says, All right, so we're here. How are we doing this? I have to see what their uniforms look like. Madras climbs a tree and just positions herself ready to spy on them. Okay. Uh, it looks at like Pillscale and says, uh, What about us? What should we do? The plan's to handle it diplomatically. Mm -hmm. What's our story? It says, Well, we could hide in case things go wrong. Or we could maybe try to disguise ourselves or act as potentially prisoners. I'm not sure what would be the most believable. Maybe not two prisoners to one captor. If I... You're not involved. They don't know you're involved. He nods and says, that's true. I'm just a regular human to them. Any way that you can maybe convince them that you're an agent of the king? He says... I have ways to tell very high up people 
um, who I belong to, but I don't think any soldiers would know. Mm. I can always try, and then if they have a somebody who can cast Zone of Truth, that would be a backup if if they're willing to even hear us out that far. Mm. Well, I am going to disguise myself as a general and tell them that I was given orders to have them stop. So I would assume that that needs to not be encumbered or inhibited in any way by you two. He nods. But please make <laughs> yourselves useful. He nods and he says, well, I think getting into a good vantage point where I can assist if things go south, if they don't believe the facade, and uh, we can make sure that... Um, Madras is not completely alone against this huge force. Maybe, Rago, you could run back and warn them if things go south. If we can't fight, or if we need to fall back, it would be good to have them know that they're coming. He nods and he says, um, is there a way that you can give me a signal so that I can be part of the way there? if things go and just save time. Um, I can do that. We can do that if, if you stay and try and hold them off and I run back, but that won't buy them very much time and it won't pan out very well for you, I hope. All right, uh, imagine. <coughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> I just find it free. that it might be hard for them to believe that a general that they don't know randomly shows up from the opposite direction and just tells them to stop for no reason. I think you need a bargaining chip. Rego says, well, you could act as if you're trying to ambush their forces, and maybe she could, could jump out. That is one alternative. I was thinking you could present me as someone you've arrested in relation to the death of the princess. You don't even have to mm. say I was the one who did it, but you could say I know where they are. <laughs> that might get us audience with higher up dwarves. And be enough of a deterrent for them to not come back to the village. Mm -hmm. I need to do my due diligence with the new prisoner before we attack any settlements. As for a, um, a sign for you, Rago, I can cast um, Hideous Laughter to deter the forces and also give you a signal to run back, if need be. He nods and says, I should be able to hear that from a far distance, so that might be good. He looks at you and says, is there anything else you need from me? Otherwise, I guess I'll get in position. What are we planning on telling? How'd you arrest me? How'd you catch me out here? Hmm. Uh, you see, Rago just kind of nods and says, I think they're getting close, so I'm just going to go ahead and, get in, and get in position and head back. Um, so he starts running back. Uh, and then you guys have uh, probably like a minute before they round the corner and, and can get, then you're basically in eyesight. Okay. I'm going to tie you up. You are my prisoner now. Um, I say we stick to the actual story of you fell out of the sky, you were being held by the circle of fire, and I caught you. The band split up, and you're the only one that's left. 
You were accused and you thought it would be best to split. Harder to catch that way. Tie me loosely so I can snake my way out of the vines if I need to in a pinch rather than you do that me and tie me. And I think, yeah, you tell them that I was the only one out of the three you could catch and that you think I might know where the rest of them are. You see, uh, you hear the war drums getting very close and you can see that they're just in the precipice of being in eyesight. All right, get the rope out. Oh. I have hemp rope in my bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tie tie him up and then you're able to cast. uh, You you were able to see like the, you know, leading people and kind of Mm-hmm. Uh, build a, a disguise that would look like a high-ranking general. Okay. Um, you see that this army just kind of like starts to round the corner again on the side of the riverbank, just come behind the trees. It's kind of rounding around this bend um, and heads just straight toward you, just not pausing at all. Um, just this thunderous war drum. Uh, you see seven uh, dwarf, uh, dwarven knights um, with one with like higher ranking uh, apparel in, in front, um, one of the seven. And then he has these two like big cart like things that trailing behind them um, that seem to be um, moving without any kind of uh, horse or people pushing them. They seem to be moving magically behind them. So these two carts um, with these large kind of cannons on the front and these carriage is in the back. I stand right in the middle of the road as my little dwarf self. With Dra- uh, with pale dragging my my dragon thing, and I go halt. <laughs> you see, they walk straight up to like before they're like a meter in front of you, and then you just hear the um the dwarf in the front yell, "Halt! Halt! Marching!" Uh, and he just kind of stops all the soldiers to stop <clears throat> in place. He walks up uh to you and says, looks around, looks at pale scales, looks at you and says, "General, what what are you doing here?" I look at this. What what what's his actual rank? Uh, How should I address him? You can ask him. him. Oh, sir, I am Jorgis Borgis, General of Dwarven Army. How do I address you, sir? Uh, he says, uh, uh, General. Um, uh, I I am Lieutenant Brager. Lieutenant Brager. I have caught this here prisoner quite recently. He was with a band of two other people who we believe are tied to the death of the princess. Now I receive you've received, I, I understand you've received orders to march on a tiefling settlement not too far from here? Yes, that's correct. Well, I've received new orders and I have been asked to stop you. He sits there just very confused. He kind of looks back at his forces and kind of looks back at you and says, we had explicit orders to attack the settlement that's been plaguing this region for years. Yes, but that was before the people responsible were caught or at least one of them were, and we need to interrogate interrogate this prisoner before we march forward. He looks at the prisoner again, just kind of says, there were stories of a dragonborn, weird, fangly character along with the, the party and the tiefling woman who assassinated the princess. How do I know it's you? I use the actor feat that I took during my most recent level up. <laughs> Increase charisma by one. You have advantage on charisma deception and charisma performance when attempting to mimic the speech of another person or the sounds made by other creatures. You must have heard the person speaking or heard the creature make the sound for at least one minute. 
A successful wisdom check shows that I am faking the noise. It's going to be pretty apparent that I'm faking the noise <clears> because <throat> I'm going to speak as accurately as I can in the princess's voice. Mm. Say, mm. Do you recognize my voice? Of course I was there. I know exactly what she sounded like before she took the arrow through the throat. Uh, you see, uh, 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 go ahead and, and roll with... I think you have, what, you have a plus one and advantage? I have or something? Yeah, I, I yeah. just have advantage. Yeah. 15, and then would this be performance? It's going to be uh, deception. Okay. That's better. I guess, actually, well, well shit. Because I'm technically telling the truth. Weren't yeah. you, but weren't you trying to not hide the voice either? So it's yeah, not like... I'm it. basically demonstrating that I know exactly what her voice sounds like because I've been around her for an extended period of time. It's a performance. That's a performance, right? Yeah. yeah. You I should still... I'm, a, I'm good on performance. That's a plus five to 15, so 20. Oh, yeah, so okay, easily, 20. yeah. yeah. Uh, you see, he just, like, looks, like, appalled and disgusted and just slaps you across the face instantly. <laughs> he says, I don't want to see this garbage ever again. Um, he looks back at you and says, General, obviously, this monster was part of the, the group that assassinated our princess, but why would we stop our march on the tieflings? This is all-out war. This man is not a tiefling. If we begin to fight the tieflings when they were not involved. I'm definitely a tiefling. Look at me. He just ignores you completely. <laughs> he looks back at you and says, General, I I just don't understand. Uh, the tiefling, well, you are not meant not to tiefling. understand. You are not my rank. I disagree. You should march on the settlement. That's enough from you. Um... Be a real bitch move, like I, all you dwarves like to make. So I, I, I should have done this earlier, but um, because it, it was good to kind of hear it out. Uh, go ahead and roll a deception check with advantage. Both of us, or just her? Just, just me. Her. Yeah. So give me one sec. I got a ten plus three. That's thirteen. With advantage. So with advantage. Roll so you roll again. Roll again. Oh, and you take the higher roll. That's what it advantages. Amazing. 11. 16. So oh, no, 14. 14. Whoopsies. Two plus three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you see, he, he looks at Pale Scales. He looks back at you. He says, Well, General, I'm... Not in a position, especially at a time of war, to question those above my rank. So I guess you must be correct. It just seems so wrong. He just says, All right, well, I guess we should be going back then. Yes, you should. Um, and he uh, leans over to his guard and says, Guards, take this prisoner off the general's hands. And so two guards from the back come up, or two soldiers from the back come up, and walk over it, trying to take uh, pale scales, um, you know, from your from your grasp. What would you like to do? I pull him behind me, and okay. I say, "You will not be taking this prisoner from me." He says, "General, what? You, somebody of your rank should not be just escorting a prisoner out here. You should be marching us back to the the kingdom." This one's mine. I caught him. He's mine. He nods and says. I snort a loogie and I spit on her face. And I slap him. You see, he takes out like his sword and just hits you on the side of the head with the butt of it. Um, big seven damage. <laughs> um, 
he uh, uh, just looks completely flabbergasted and just says, "All right, General. I mean, if this this is your command, then then I guess this must be the case. Um, it's about two days' march back to the uh, the kingdom. Um, will you be accompanying us?" I have business with this prisoner. I'm going to take him off on my own. I'll bring him back to the kingdom when I'm done, if there's anything left of him. Thank you for making the journey out. Your efforts have not gone unnoticed. He nods and says, Men, we're heading back to the kingdom. Uh, and you see again the you know men just very confused by this, um, but not disobeying an order. Uh, they start to turn back, and these carts kind of move back um, in in suit uh, and start heading um, back to the uh, the general direction in which they came. Um, so you guys are just are sitting out here. Um, go ahead and give me a perception roll. Mine is a seven. I got a ten. Uh, wait, you don't add anything to that? That's what you get total? That was my minus that two. That was my okay. total, too. Everything seems totally normal. Um, so they uh, they walk back. Um, they start marching back, uh, uh, again, just very kind of slowly, a little bit confused, uh, back in the general direction. Um, you guys uh, can head back to the settlement if you'd like, unless you'd like to do something different. Is Rago with us? He saw everything? Rago is way in the back, but he can definitely see, I'm going to say, the army marching back. Okay. Um, Do you want to catch up with him? Yeah. Okay. So you catch up with him. Um, he comes up and says, wow, I, I guess that worked like a charm, right? I mean, who knows how long they'll be gone for. It must only be a matter of time before they're immediately turned around, right? But um, that definitely bought a lot of time for the settlement. It might end up being the difference between them surviving and and something worse. I wouldn't bank on it working too long. After a while, they're going to realize that there's no Jorius Borgus, and they will turn right back around and come towards this settlement. So, although we bought ourselves time, we have to get them to move. Indeed. Uh, he, he nods, says, well, the settlement will be very, very happy of this. At least it gives them a little bit of a saving grace and maybe more time to call reinforcements or possibly evacuate if we can convince them. Um, well, I guess we should head back. Uh, so you guys start heading back. Um, we go back to the, uh, settlement. You guys are kind of preparing stuff. They haven't returned yet. Um, you guys have been, like, it's getting kind of darker out and such. Um, you guys have been working for a while. So I'm going to say that, you know, you're just kind of taking a little bit of a rest or whatever. Um, you guys still, as far as you know, are planning for this, you know, army to come your way. Um, and uh, go ahead and give me perception checks. Actually, you do it with advantage, um, Lacey, yeah. I rolled maybe two times. Uh, 11. What'd you get? Not better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, 11. So you're sitting, you're just kind of out and about, and you're helping kind of, uh, you're kind of more in the field helping with the swords, right? And, mm -hmm. and kind of them, you know, uh, practicing their um, their swordsmanship and things like that. You're out there in this field, and you're kind of like taking a step back, taking a little bit of a breather. Um, you feel this little bit of nausea, same kind of feeling that you felt with your, when you opened that black potion. Very fleeting. 
I uh, just kind of felt like a little bit of like, oh, that felt weird. Um, and in the uh, in the corner of your eye, you can see a uh, um, you know a flower bed, you know, obviously trees and such like that. Um, and you just notice you could have sworn you're not sure you could have sworn that it looked like some of these flowers were right about to wilter and then just kind of went back to normal. And that's where we'll end our session. What did I do? What did I do? Uh oh. Oh no! That seems related to a decision you made. <laughs> well, you guys avoided combat though. Yeah. That was actually yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah, for now. <laughs> I was actually gonna feel bad. I was gonna be like, man, they just came out of a boss battle. They're immediately gonna go fart like like fart fart. 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 Immediately gonna go. Fight like a platoon, yeah. Um, but no, it was yeah. really, really well. well deception moves on both of your parts, honestly. She did good. Yeah, she did good. Oh, yeah, that went. That went. If it wasn't for the potion, I wouldn't have had a good cliffhanger. So I'm yeah, so happy for yeah. it. Now. Nice. <laughs> it all works out. What did you? <laughs> I feel like it's an. I almost feel like it's a. It's a. Kill, but then re an animate dead potion. That's what scares me. Mm. Maybe there's no way of controlling that because I know because I have that spell. It's it's for me seems like a potion related more to rapid aging. Yeah, but then they go back. Rapid right. aging. Right. So it could be something that manipulates time. I might Either way, it's not up. sounding good. Nah, no. I might have fucked up. Oh, it might be fine. No. It might be. Maybe. <laughs>